0: The last person anybody should be picking on as it relates to the Pirates is Brian Reynolds. So I'm here today to do exactly that. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Pirates lost last night in Kansas City. Seven to three was on national TV. How did ESPN get stuck with Pirates versus Royals on Memorial Day? Like, remember when ESPN used to have clout? Buckos and Royals on a Monday night in front of the entire nation. Well, the entire nation got to see Chad Cool pitching, which immediately jeopardizes all your other programming afterward because of how long that can tend to take, especially in the first inning. And and he was exactly what he's always been. He's just – he's a tooth pull. He's, he's tough to watch. You have no idea what's coming out of his hand next, and I don't mean that in the good way. It seemed like every other time I'd look up, he was putting the ball to the backstop. No – no consistency uh, – No calm, no poise, no reason to have him in the rotation, you know? And I said this before, and this doesn't have to do with his injury or anything. I can stack right now five starters that I want to see pitching on a regular basis, and not for my entertainment purposes, but for future purposes, for the important stuff. There's no Cause whatsoever for Miguel Yahure to not be in this rotation. This is stupid. These are smart people right now doing something stupid. And and I don't get it. There's nothing to be gained from cool being out there. You're not gonna get anything for him in trade value either. I know he's a starting pitcher, but I also know that he's Chad Cool as a starting pitcher. That was gonna define the game. No matter what, that's just that's just how it goes when he takes the mound, and then and then he'll tough it out over another couple innings, and then afterward it's all happy talk about how yeah he really gutted it out after that slow start or whatever. I, I'm just that's no, you know, no. Now I'm here to talk about Reynolds. Reynolds had a homer, a solo shot. In the eighth inning, didn't mean much. Somewhat to right center, really pretty swing on it, got it out. Had another RBI earlier. And really, again, it's the last person I should be picking on. 286 batting average, 890 OPS. Uh, He's been up in the the two-hole a lot ever since Brian Hayes and Colin Moran went out. Derek Shelton tries to have at least a couple of guys competent hitters up at the top of the order between him and Adam Frazier. And they haven't had a lot of help. So, yeah, it's kind of silly to pick on Reynolds and misguided and every other bad word that you'd want to throw my way right now. But, but, I'm here to complain about my Reynolds pet peeve because I think this does matter and I think this will matter moving forward because Reynolds is going to be a starting outfielder on this team for quite a while. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So when I see him put together that terrific swing and I see him hit that ball out and I see him come through in other situations, it makes me wonder what has this individual so obsessed with trying to work a walk once he gets to a two-strike count. And you know what I'm talking about. The moment I started saying it, you were able to finish my sentence for me. Drives me crazy. And it is not, not a positive trait. Not in a lineup where hits are needed, where contact is needed. Reynolds will do this in virtually any situation. Second and third, nobody out. He's looking to get a walk after two strikes. He is expecting, you can see this in his eyes, in his body language, he is expecting calls to go his way, close calls. To go his way. And they don't. They almost never do. Why? Because he hasn't been around very long? Because he's a pirate? I don't know. But they don't go his way. And he's not going to cross that threshold from being just a complimentary type player on a potential contender someday to, you know, being something special. And if you ask me, watching him in 2019, I thought there was a chance there'd be something special there. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at the North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's the home of Steak on a Stone, which has to be experienced as well as eaten. They serve you this spectacular slice of meat on an 800-degree actual stone, lava stone. And you are working with this thing to complete the steak the way you like it. You Cut it up, lay it on its side, do all this other fun stuff. And within that, North Shore Tavern is the planet's only Pirate Sports Bar from front to back. So it's a great time as well as a great setting, For Short Tavern, right there on Federal Street, across from PNC Park, the side with the Willie Stargill statue. Maybe I'm expecting too much of Reynolds. Maybe my hopes were falsely inflated by 2019, and maybe I didn't take the various shortcomings that he displayed in 2020 seriously enough. But I saw a player in 2019 who looked as if his trajectory was only getting started. He could hit to all fields, hit from both sides of the plate, hit for power, hit for average. And yeah, he's got a good eye. And that's a positive. I I don't mean to knock that. Uh, you, You need to have that in order to be a quality contact hitter. And he is that, but there is that one, that one thing that I'm still looking for from him. And that's that want to, as it relates to driving the baseball when it needs to be driven. Yes, I get it. The game is infinitely more driven by analytics than it's ever been. And I respect that. I'm not one of those people that bites back against it or anything like that. But I also know that the hitters who've been the most productive on a team scale are the ones that you want up there thinking, I've got to drive these runs in. I've got to bring them home. That's on me. Not everyone has that. I don't believe that it can be coached or taught. But I did see signs of that from Reynolds in 2019, and I just feel like 2020 took some of that away from him. Sure, right now, everything's got a great big asterisk next to it. There's virtually no lineup once you get past Frazier and Reynolds. There just isn't. Brian Hayes is on the trip. Kansas City, it's been confirmed that he'll come off the I.L. On Wednesday, that's great, wonderful. Colin Moran is going out on a rehab. Phillip Evans is going out on a rehab. And you'll have some other guys that you can actually put in the lineup and everything else and maybe hide this shortcoming that Reynolds has. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'd like to see in situations like these, and it happened twice in this game last night, two-strike count, Reynolds is up there looking for a ball, virtually begging for a ball, and both times getting rung up. I don't even care if they were good calls or not. You know how that goes. The old you can't let that pitch go by. And that's that's a tough, tough thing to see from the standpoint of a key component of the future of this franchise. Dude, just swing, man. There's no harm. There's no harm in doing that right now. These games aren't competitive, they aren't meaningful use them for something that's relevant working a walk in those situations uh uh-uh you know walks are great walks are great on base percentage is on base percentage what matters most is that you get on but you also want to have that weapon in your arsenal that when you do have teammates on base that you want to be that guy and i'm just not seeing that we come back just one question welcome back it's time for just one question and today's comes from fedex who asks cole tucker's looking like another first round bust isn't he He, like Will Craig, just can't hit enough to be a starter. Maybe he can carve out a career as a glove-only shortstop or utility player like Wilmer Defoe, but as an impact player or even an everyday player, that ship might have already sailed. Well, yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure what else I can add, except for this. I often pick up on a lot of sentiment about Tucker that, he can be a defensive this or that or whatever. The fact of the matter is is that Cole Tucker has never really been that either. I think, like a lot of things with Tucker, we like him so much, and he's so likable. And you see him out in the field, and he's got that hair bouncing all over the place, and he looks really energetic. And when he does something, it feels like a special moment. But when you get into the actual metrics of his play in the field, he's not as good a defensive shortstop as Eric Gonzalez is. He's not as good defensively at any position as Eric Gonzalez is. He's barely played any outfield at all, so I'm not about to critique him in one direction or the other out there because that wouldn't be fair. But when you're talking about like some super fantastic glove that you absolutely have to keep. No, understand that what makes Tucker attractive in the potential sense is that he does have legitimately outstanding athleticism. He has that. He'll get around the base paths. He'll he'll cover you some ground in the field. And as you point out, None of that matters if he doesn't hit, and he went over three again last night in Kansas City, left three runners on. He's now at 143 since he's been up. That's just what he's always done. You know, there were some tweaks that were made in his month down in Bradenton. Uh, He has driven a couple of balls since he's come up, and I'm not suggesting that they throw him out or whatever, but I, I, I always get a little cringy when it comes to uh, excessively praising Tucker. It's something that I've not ever done because I first want to see the results. And and they haven't been there. Look, it's a blast. When he does his thing, he really tore into one at PNC Park the other day and went flying around the bases, and it's fun, and he's looking into the dugout, and he's got that energy to him, and you'd love to have someone like that on your team, especially if this was a you know a contending team. You need guys like that, you know? And in a perfect world, he'd, he'd have the baseball ability to match all that. I used to feel that way about, I'm going to really throw it back here a little bit, Tony Sanchez, remember him? Catcher? Just not at all, not at all a good first round pick. Okay, and uh, the last thing I'm going to do is say bad things about Tony, like the greatest guy. I don't, it, it, if those of you who go way back, you'll remember Tony flipping into the dugout and like landing on his head and still catching the ball because he was just that committed to grabbing this one foul ball. I want to say it was against the Dodgers at PNC Park. You just, you, Oh, you would have done anything to have Tony Sanchez be a part of your team and all that personality. You know, and to do interviews and to be the guy that's dunking people with Gatorade showers afterward and everything else. Couldn't couldn't play. You know, certainly couldn't defend well enough as a catcher. And that that's that's a tough place to be because you do, I mean, you know, Neil Huntington was probably about as cold and analytical as you can get at the GM spot would openly to his credit talk about this is a guy you pull for that's a phrase he used to use all the time it's a guy you pull for you really want him to do well because you like him that's a real thing it's a real thing in team sports but way more real than that, that you gotta hit the ball you gotta hit the ball order to play in the national league i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone's time today we'll do another daily shot of pirates tomorrow at point